everybody. Welcome to the Preacher Dad Podcast. I am the Preacher Dad. I'm probably not the only Preacher Dad out there, but I am a Preacher Dad. And I'm very glad to have you here with us today and sharing with you. You can find out more about me and our ministry over at PreacherDad.com. I blog over there about everything from parenting to politics to preparedness. I'd really rather say homesteader because, you know, when you say preparer, prepper, preparing, makes you sound like a kook, sound like a nut nutcase, and I prefer to think of myself as not a nutcase. But I am definitely here with you today, and I'm on the way home from my regular nine to five, which is really more like seven to three usually. Uh, job and um, headed home and you know I was convicted by the Lord because you know I wanted to uh, I wanted to make this podcast episode or I wanted to listen to podcast episodes or um, listen to an audio book I'm listening to and you know God said you haven't been in the Bible all day today and I was convicted so I pulled up the Bible and I listened to Deuteronomy chapter 20. And in Deuteronomy chapter 20, it says, uh, essentially, I didn't memorize it after one listening, but essentially, what it says to us is, don't be afraid. When you go to war and you prepare for battle, do not be afraid, because the Lord is going to give you the victory. Go into the battle confidently, with great faith, knowing that God is on your side. And you know, friends, we are 100% in a culture war, and the enemy is advancing, and there's many, many things that are happening in our society that are incredibly evil. Just plain old, plain old-fashioned naughty. Plain old-fashioned sin, I should say. There's a whole lot of that happening out there, and it can be discouraging. But I just have to believe that we need to press forward and realize that in the, in the end, our God wins. That, that at the end of the day, He is going to be victorious. Uh, nothing can stand in His way. Nothing can resist Him. Nothing can uh, overpower Him. He is triumphant. And if we are on His side, then let me tell you something. We are on the right side of history. So we need to know what He is doing. It's important as believers that we practice discernment, try to determine what is God doing. Not only what is God doing in the world at large, but what is God doing in my life specifically? What is it that He would have me to participate in. And you know, that kind of discernment only comes from a lot of time with Jesus and time meditating upon the scriptures, time in prayer, seeking his face, because as we seek his face, we know him better. And when we know him better, we know his will better. And he's more easily able to direct us if we will just simply seek his face. My heart said unto thee, seek ye my face. Thy face, Lord, will I seek. So, I'm not sure if I'm quoting that scripture right, 
now that I think about it. But I wanted to just share with you guys today um, the fact that here on this podcast, I am a student. I am not really a teacher. I share with you things that I am learning because I am excited about the things that I am learning. Uh, but I, I don't have a corner on the truth. And, uh, you know, I, I share the things with you that I think are valuable. But I'm definitely a student. I'm a student of parenting. Um, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to be a good dad to my kids. Um, my wife and I have eight children. Yes, I said eight. You know, the one that comes after seven but before nine. Eight children is what we have so far. And we are very, very blessed and grateful to have those kids in our life. There is no, there's nothing like being a parent. Yeah, it's an awful lot of work, but it's always worth the effort. It's like, you know, if somebody were to give you a hundred million dollars, if you worked for 48 hours straight, I mean, let me tell you, that's an easy decision. Yeah, 48 hours of straight work is hard. That's not easy to do, but it's definitely worth it for $100 million. So, you know, raising kids is hard, and pointing them to Jesus is even harder. Um, but it's worth it. It's 100% worth it. And I'm just trying to, to learn how to be a good dad. I'm trying to, to guide my 14-year-old son into the the pathhood, the path of manhood, and that is proving to be a great challenge for me. Um, I'm trying to nurture and 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 encourage my 12-year-old daughter, help her to blossom, and you know that's that's a challenge in today's times. Uh, my kids are great kids. I mean, they're wonderful, but. Uh, you know, these things are things that I am learning as we walk this journey together. Another thing I'm learning is homesteading. <laughs> I have learned an awful lot about gardening since I got married because my wife likes to garden. But I'm also trying to learn to be self-sufficient, be able to raise a lot of the food that we eat, be able to produce a lot of the things that we consume, and to, you know, think ahead and, uh, you know, be prudent about being prepared for things like power outages and food shortages and water shortages and you know like for instance how would you drink uh, the human body can only live like two or three days without water um, it's very important to have enough water and so how would you do that if your water pump wasn't working or if the water in your city was no longer fit to drink it was dangerous what would you do? Do you have a plan for filtering water? Do you have a source from which to get that water? Those are important things to think through and to plan for. But I'm definitely learning a lot about this homesteading journey. Uh, we are getting ready to... I'm going to finish up that chicken pen uh, as soon as I can. And uh, we're going to raise some chickens which we've done before, but we may end up with a goat or two. Not sure. Um, you know, we're trying to, 
you know, read books and things about the best way to be self-sufficient on your own property. So, yeah, you know, we have the opportunity to do that. Thank the Lord we have a place to live that's a little bit off the beaten path. And we have the opportunity to, to uh, you know, try some things and work on some things on our property. Um, you know, and I'm a student of uh, cultural impact. I'm learning how to make a difference. You know, I, I have... Uh, given a lot of thought here lately about how can we get involved you know as believers a lot of believers that I've spoken to or heard talk they're always talking about hey you know all this information is great but how can I get involved how can I plug in and make a difference um, how can I fight in this cultural battle and so I've been given that a good bit of thought actually um, and I don't know if I have all the solutions or all the answers but I'm I'm learning some things about, well, how do we make a difference in the community? And uh, I've mentioned some things here on this podcast beyond just voting because that's the one that most everybody understands, although that's a much bigger one than I think even most Christians realize. But, um, you know, beyond, beyond voting, what else can we do? And I've mentioned things like running for a school board or hosting a, a constitution class or, uh, you know, there's lots of, uh, lots of different options, things that you can do to get involved. I'm, I used to think that, well, you know, you had to either run for state legislature or a national office or run for governor or get involved in a national campaign of some sort. And that's just not the case. Honestly, I'm, I'm becoming more and more convinced that changing the community at the local level is the way back. We must really, we must begin to change our own communities. You know, even the Lord, uh, when Jesus went back up into heaven, he told his disciples, he said, you shall be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, and into the all, into the ends of the earth. He, he went out from Jerusalem, then to Samaria, then to all of Judea, and then to the ends of the earth. So he described the advance of the gospel and he started local. And they started right there in Jerusalem where the first church started. That's where they started reaching out. And then eventually they grew enough so that they could branch out to other communities. But we got to start local, folks. And I really think that's the way we need to go. And I will say this too. You know, you don't have to be... Well, let's put it this way. The only hope our society has is a great reformation. Uh, th there is a, a dire need for a, not just a revival, we need a reformation of our entire society. We need our education system and our, um, our government, but also our, um, just our worldview. Very few people have a biblical worldview anymore, and it's, it's really important that we, that we foster that and encourage it because that is truly the way back. There is no liberty without righteousness. And the founders of our nation understood that and that's why they encouraged religion. And I don't mean religion in the sense that we talk of it today in our society because Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And I think that religion is the most dangerous thing to Christianity that you can find. But 
The fact of the matter is what they understood religion to be was the practice of Christianity, the, the piety, the seeking after um, righteous behavior, the seeking after the, the, the truth, seeking after the Lord. Those things were necessary. They understood it and they're still necessary in order to maintain a free people. If people become more and more wicked, they have more and more need of controls of government and the government becomes bigger and bigger and then takes away our freedom. And that is, that is a recipe for disaster. If we stop being righteous, and I would say that the United States has pretty well stopped being righteous, we will lose our freedom. And what is happening? We are losing our freedoms. Many, many, many of them are gone. We are losing our freedoms because we have lost our way. We are not following the way, the truth, and the life. We are following our own selves. We are worshiping our own idols, whether it's money, whether it's sex, whether it's power, whether it's self. We are worshiping ourselves, and so we have lost our way, and that's why we have lost many of our freedoms. So the way back, the way back is to seek after a revival, to seek after reformation of the heart, reformation of the soul, in our society and the way we do that is by trying to reach our friends and neighbors locally so uh, this brings me to one of the main points i wanted to share with you today and that is that every single pastor who is preaching biblical truth every bible teacher who's leading a bible study every discipler who's pulling in somebody to just disciple them in the ways of jesus every proclaimer of the gospel anywhere in the world is engaged in saving our culture. You wanna get involved, then you start teaching the Bible. You wanna get involved, you start studying the Bible. You wanna make a difference, then you start talking about scriptural principles and biblical truth in your workplace, in your church. Your church might not be a God-honoring church. It might not be a place where the Bible is uh, proclaimed and declared. And so you need to be the, the catalyst of that. And that is how we save our culture. That is how we can make Christ known in our society is by proclaiming his word, proclaiming his truth. And we can bring his truth into the civic arena. If you're a, if you're a legislator, if you wanna run for public office, if you're a lawyer or a judge or somebody that's involved in the civic arena, bring in biblical truth into that, into that sphere. But everyone that is doing that is already engaged in saving our culture. So that is very important that we recognize and that we remember. It is very important that we realize how important the, the teaching of the scriptures, the proclaiming of Jesus Christ and his word, the declaration of the gospel, the advancing of the gospel in the world, how important that is to preserving liberty. That is the key. That's, uh, as Rick Green likes to say, one of the guys I like to listen to, he likes to say, that's the secret sauce. That's the stuff. That's the, that's the special ingredient that, that actually preserves liberty. Because if you try to have liberty without Christ, you, you have a farce. It's, it's uh, faux liberty. You know how they have man-made leather? It's like pretend leather. It sort of, you know, looks like leather and kind of feels like leather, but it's not actually leather. Um, it's not the real McCoy, and it, it, it's a lot cheaper because it doesn't last as long. Yeah, 
that's that's the kind of liberty you have if you try to make something free without including the gospel, without including the word of God and the truth of Jesus Christ. If you leave the way out, you will lose your way. And he is the way. If you leave the truth out, what you're left with is lies. And he is the truth. And if you leave life out, all you're left with is death. And he is the life. So friends, that's my challenge to you today. That's my encouragement to you. Be a student of the word and uh, along with me and we'll walk together <laughs> through this journey and I'll share with you some of the things that I learned and that I'm discovering and uh, maybe you can share some with me. Maybe we'll have you as a guest on this podcast. That would be great. Send me a message. You can find me at PreacherDad.com. You can sign up for our newsletter, The Preacher Dad Post, and uh, we can start interacting and we can start, uh, start a movement here, folks. I mean, the movement is begun in my opinion, but let's all make sure that we are participating in the way that God has called us to do. Well, listen, that's it for today. I hope you have a great night. May God bless you, and may you uh, continue to seek his face, and may he make himself known to you. Bye-bye.